Hi folks, thanks so much for joining us online. Uh, it's great to have you with us. This is the third week in which we're looking at our values or purposes as a church. Pursue God, build community, grow people. Last week, uh, Jono led us through some uh, reflections on what it means to build community. And this week, we're going to talk about the grow people part of that. This is a really crucial value of ours because living things grow. Living things grow. grow. Growth is a vital sign of life. Now, what I want to talk about today really is growth at a fundamental level. I want to talk about the nature, the real nature of what it means to actually grow as, uh, as people, the way that God wants us uh, to grow. So, to understand this, we need to understand first something about God and about what God is doing and how God does that. Okay, so I'm just going to remind you of something that uh, I spoke about in the first session. Of course, all of these uh, these values they really, um, uh, in a sense, feed into each other or rely on each other in, in some respects. They're all sort of part of the same thing. But I just want to remind you of some things that I talked about when uh, I was talking about pursuing God. And I talked about some really fundamental things about God. I, I pointed out to you, and this is a really important starting point, uh, not only for understanding the pursuit of God. Uh, it's a very important uh, starting point. Actually, it's a very important for understanding what it means to build a community uh, of God. Uh, but it's very much uh, very important to understand what it means then to grow and how God grows us. So the thing I pointed out is that God is not a thing. The problem is, is that we often we reduce God to something, often an experience or a concept or, 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 a, or, or I don't know, when we pursue God, we even sometimes have stuck in our imagination, you know, that that means uh, like some kind of experience of something. But see, God is not a thing. And again, I'm just going over, uh, I'm going over the ground that I covered in the first session, but I just want to, want you, uh, want to remind you of this. God is actually the very ground of the existence of things. He's not here or there or now and then. He is pervasive, pervasively constant, infinite, eternal presence. And the problem, of course, is that we do. We go looking for uh, sort of intermittent experiences. We go looking for an experience rather than God. And I think that's a big problem. I know that in my life I, I have spent, you know, kind of uh, a lot of sort of energy and, and, and focus on sort of looking for experiences. I wanted to experience some thing, but God is constant presence. And, uh, and that is really important for us um, to understand that. In fact, what this means is that actually you are experiencing God right now. He is just so pervasively and constantly present that you could easily not notice. He's actively at work in every atom in your body, every bit of chemistry in the environment, uh, every law of physics that even holds everything together. It's the active presence of God. God is creating, sustaining, upholding everything all the time in and through everything God is at work. So you are experiencing more of God now in every millisecond than you could possibly imagine. You are literally immersed in an experience of God. The problem then is not that 
you are not experiencing God. The problem is that you are not aware that you are. And really building this awareness is such an important part of what it means to pursue God. And we talked about that. One of the most important disciplines, in fact, sort of beginning to begin to become aware and to become present uh, as people is actually the practice of silence, of waiting on God, of creating a space in all the busyness of of our mind and simply uh, creating a stillness that enables us to be aware, which is, of course, why I think the the waiting room, that first Monday of every month, that's why I believe that's just so crucial to our life as a church. It's like really the first step to, uh, you know, to the pursuit of God. In, in some senses, we've got to create a space, uh, not, just, not just a space in time, but a kind of mental space, a clearing in the busyness uh, of our thoughts. So that's absolutely crucial. God's constant, pervasive presence. That's the first thing. So flowing from this, and I want to extend on that thought now as we look to think about what it means to grow in God. The extension of that is that God is not only constant presence, but God is also constant self-communication. God is constant self-communication. He is constantly communicating of himself to us. Inasmuch as God is present in everything, God is also communing, communicating to us in everything. There is a constant conversation underway that God is having with you. See, because often what we often uh, look for these kind of intermittent, extraordinary moments. You know, God spoke to me. Wow, I, God just spoke to me. Well, uh, actually, God is always speaking to you in a sense. And I think it's really important that we're aware of that. It's not an extraordinary thing. It's, it's meant to be an ordinary part of life. The whole of life is meant to be an interaction with God. God is speaking to us in and through everything, every circumstance. God is saying something to you in every circumstance. Uh, even all of creation is, in a sense, declaring something about God. Uh, it is full of the glory of God. So there is, this, uh, there is this sense in which we can be participating in God's, in a sense, his, um, his self-communication constantly. I want you to think about that because that's, this is very important to get this uh, as well. I think, you know, we often hear people say, you know, God said to me this or said to me that. And I don't know if you ever wondered, you know, well, God doesn't speak to me like that. And I think it's also important to understand this is more than just verbal. I mean, sometimes it can be, you know, it can land in our minds uh, as a, you know, as a verbal thing. Uh, that can certainly happen, but it's actually even bigger than that. And often, you know, what we do is we translate into verbal form the things that we are receiving from God, which is so much more, so much greater than anything that language really can, uh, can sort of encapsulate. This is why, you know, this is so important because there are certain things that only God can reveal to you. We can talk about it. But only God can really reveal it to you. Uh, Anything that is not taught by God, uh, Soren Kierkegaard said, anything that is not taught by God is never really learned. Ultimately, it is God teaching us. And God does that all of the time through everything. Now, of course, one of the key things to this, because of course you could just say, you know, you could feel this or feel that or have this experience. You could just sort of kind of make it up out of thin air what God is saying to you and you can certainly go wrong here. 
This is where discernment uh, is really needed, of course, and, uh, and to really uh, hear what God is saying to us through every circumstance and in every circumstance. We need to have you know, been a part, as it were, of the first part of the conversation. We need to be in on the first part of the conversation. I don't know if you've ever walked in on a conversation halfway through and the conversation's going on and you have no idea what those people are talking about uh, because you missed a very crucial first part of the conversation. Now, there is a first part of this conversation that you need to be in on, an absolutely crucial part of this conversation. It's almost like God said, uh, okay, this is the, these are the crucial things about my purpose. This is who I am. This is my purpose. Here are my promises, right? It's just absolutely this crucial initial part of the conversation that we need to be in on. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sort of recognize anything else that God says subsequently to you personally. So first, we need to hear what God is saying to us. And that conversation is contained in the scriptures. We need to be listening to what God is saying to us in the scriptures. We don't want to, you know, uh, if you're struggling to hear from God or, or uh, you know, particularly it's where a lot of people go wrong because they didn't get in on the first part of the conversation. There is a first crucial part of the conversation that's going to allow you to make sense. The thing that God has said to all of us about himself, his purpose, his promises in the, in the Bible and his ways. We, you know, it's, it's just so important. And that in a way that tunes us in to enable to hear from God in our individual circumstances. So God is constant presence. But not only is God constant presence, God is ever present and always communicating to you. I mean, that's really important to think about that. So that means everything that happens from this time on, every circumstance, God is speaking to you in it, might be pressing on a sore spot, might be bringing something up, might be showing you something in a conversation with another person. There are things there that it can be, everything can be part of that conversation. God is always speaking. The problem is we are often not aware that he's always speaking and we're not always listening. And so again, that growing awareness of God and that sense of constancy that God wants to draw us into is so, so important. Okay, so God is ever present. God is ever present and communicating. Thirdly, God is ever present and always communicating to us about in love and about love. He is always communicating with us in love because God is love and about love. This is underscored in the most famous, one of the most famous statements made by Jesus. And this is the version of this, it's recorded in the other Gospels, but this is the version of this in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 22 from verse 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. Sorry, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, the second is like it because in a sense, when you love your neighbor, you you, you are expressing your love to God. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40. All the law, says Jesus, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, in that crucial first part of the conversation contained in the Bible, 
Everything essentially is about this. Everything that God has said in all the law and the prophets, all of that, all the stuff in the Old Testament, all the stuff in the New Testament as well, has to do in some sense with this. God is always, in some sense, some general sense, always speaking to you about his relationship with you and your relationship with other people and the relationship between those two things. I mean, this is really, really important because it means that if something is wrong, it will have something to do with this. See, this is important to growth because growth is all about a conversation with God. When God, as God speaks to us, we are transformed. But it's, we're very prone to looking around at our circumstances saying, God, I want you to tell me, what are you going to do about this? Or what about this? And or, what about those people? And we're constantly wanting to have conversations about, the different, about different kinds of things than God wants to talk about. When the primary thing that God wants to talk to you about is your relationship with him in that circumstance and your relationship with other people in that circumstance. I mean, he wants to bless you and he wants to make you fruitful. He wants to bless the work of your hands and all that you produce. I mean, that's, that's important. But see, that's, a, that's an outflow of his love and his grace for you. And that's part of you being part of a community, you see. So if you have a problem, it will have something to do with this. I mean, when, you know, growth, first of all, involves transformation before it can involve us realizing our potential. I mean, sometimes, you know, we, uh, we, we want to sort of develop as people, but we've kind of got an injury, you know. And like runners who just think that they can just run off their injury, you know, when we sprint off the starting block, we end up falling on our face because we didn't deal with the injury. I wonder if you've had that experience where you just thought, well, I'll just try harder to be the person that God wants me to be. And, you know, you just keep falling flat on your face because there's an injury, right? There's an injury, and so you've got, to, you've got to seek healing for the injury. And my point here is that in some sense, that injury will, will somehow relate to your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. It's very important to understand. So let, let me give you uh, an example. Let's say, uh, let's say that I get beaten up so bad that I end up in hospital. Now, God forbid, but uh, let's say that happens, right? That I receive this terrible, terrible beating and I end up in hospital. Now, you might think that my biggest problem is my physical injuries. But that may not be the case because if that situation of being beaten up has caused me to hate the person that I've beaten up, then I may recover physically from that wound. But so long as I hold on to that hatred and that bitterness... I have a wound in my soul. And here's the nature of that wound. I just said that all of our problems will have something to do with our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. Well, that act of hatred is in a sense me playing judge right right away there. There is a problem with my relationship with God. I am playing judge. I'm taking God's prerogative. I'm declaring judgment on someone, someone actually that God loves, someone that has problems of their own, obviously, right? But, you know, that's between them and God. My role is to love them. And love, of course, is to value a person for what they essentially are, and that is a child of God. My love is to reflect that to them. If I don't love them, if I hate them, I deny that essential reality about 
people being children of God. If I deny it for others, I deny it for myself. And so whichever way you look, that circumstance causes conflict with me and God, let alone conflict with me and other people. And when I'm in conflict with other people, that reflects directly back on how I see myself. That hatred will do me more damage than it will anyone else because it damages my relationship with God, damages my, my image of myself because we are, we are each other's mirrors. We are created for that. Okay, so that's what I mean that if we have a problem, it'll be something to do with this. So when God wants to grow us, this is what this will involve. This is what this means. Let me boil it down to this. This is what I'm trying to say here about the nature of growth. I said I wanted to talk about the nature of growth, right? Because we can just think of growth as sort of us getting better at things, right? But no, growth is relational. Growth is relational. When your relationships grow, you grow. If your relationships are injured, you are injured. And by relationships, I mean first your relationship with God and then your relationship with other people. We are relationally defined. At the most fundamental level, we are children of God and then brothers and sisters by necessary consequence. We are children of God and brothers and sisters. If I deny that you are a child of God, I deny it for myself because, again, we are each other's mirrors in this respect. This is, this is at the most fundamental level. We are children of God and brothers and sisters. So that means if our relationships fragment, if I fragment with a brother or a sister, if, I'm, if, if there's an issue there with a brother or a sister, there's an issue with God. It's a family issue. It's all part of the same issue. And so, growth is relational. It's a relational process. It's not just about, you can't just go away in isolation and just think, oh, I'll just on my own try and get better at this. You won't. First of all, it's a relational process between you and God. You need to understand what's going wrong here. Something, this is, you know, what, this, whatever it is that I'm dealing with, what, what is this, you know, how, how, does this, um, how does this reflect on my relationship with God and what's going on between me and other people? When you work through relationships with other people and your relationship with God, when all of that grows, you grow, not in isolation. This is why building community is really the only way to grow. We only really grow in community because growth is relational between us and God and together with each other, and with each other with God. Now this priority around love and relationships is going to help you to hear what God is saying to you, maybe even in a situation that you're in right now. Because you're thinking, you're looking at the situation and thinking about the situation, but God wants you to think about your relationship with Him in that situation. Are you trusting Him as God? You know, are you letting Him, you know, are, are you taking God's prerogative? Are you playing God instead of God? Well, there's a problem there with you and God. Or how are your relationships with the people in that situation? Because that's God's priority. And God will want to talk to you about those things, first and foremost. Perhaps you're not hearing from God because you want to hear about 
yourself, you know. But God wants, is concerned with you and your relationship with him and other people. We get so focused on me, but God is focused on we. You might be preoccupied with what God is going to do for you and what he's going to do about your situation. But often we miss the fact that God actually is already speaking to us in that situation very loudly. And when we become aware of that, and when we receive God's voice, it will be absolutely transformative and we will grow. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, all things is a lot of things. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, all things means, well, all things. And it says here that God works, is at work in all things for the good of those who love him. And the greatest good is your relationship with him and your relationship with other people. Everything that God is doing, everything that God is saying is going to relate somehow to this. There's a beautiful simplicity about life with God. He's drawing you into a closer relationship with him so that you can hear his voice because he is always speaking to you. Imagine what your days could be like. In every circumstance, you can sense the voice of God. In every situation, even painful situations, there will be some sense in which God is speaking to you. That can be profound healing in a situation, even past situations, recognizing that you were not alone, that God was there feeling your pain, and that he wants to minister his love to you. Understanding that God is present in every situation will enable every circumstance in life to be a potential moment where you awaken more and more and more to the presence of God. God is calling us into a conversation, into a life that essentially is a conversation with God. What a way to live. Bless you.